when I published Ulysses by James Joyce in my little bookshop called Shakespeare and Company in Paris. Look, look, the dust is growing. My branches lost no Stately plump All perfume, yes, and his heart was going like mad. And yes, I said yes, I will, yes. Friends of Shakespeare and Company, Ulysses by James Joyce. Read today by Sophie Gorman. Suddenly happied, he jumped up and reached in his stride John Eglinton's desk. May I, he said. The Lord has spoken to Malachi. He began to scribble on a slip of paper. Take some slips from the counter going out. Those who are married, Mr. Best, thus herald, said all save one shall live. The rest shall keep as they are. He laughed, unmarried, at Eglinton Johannes of Arts a Bachelor. Unwed, unfancied, ware of wiles, they finger-ponder nightly each his verorium edition of The Taming of the Shrew. You are a delusion, said roundly John Eglinton to Stephen. You have brought us all this way to show us a French triangle. Do you believe your own theory? No, said Stephen, promptly. Are you going to write it? Mr. Best asked. You ought to make it a dialogue. Don't you know? like the platonic dialogues Ryle wrote. John Eglinton doubly smiled. Well, in that case, he said, I don't see why you should expect payment for it, since you don't believe it yourself. Dowden believes there is some mystery in Hamlet, but will say no more. Herr Blibtro, the man Piper met in Berlin, who is working up that Rutland theory, believes that the secret is hidden in the Stratford Monument. He is going to visit the present Duke, Piper says, and proved to him that his ancestor wrote the plays. It will come as a surprise to his grace, but he believes his theory. I believe, O Lord, help my unbelief. That is, help me to believe or help me to unbelieve? Who helps to believe? Ego men, who to unbelieve? Other chap. You are the only contributor to Dana who asks for pieces of silver. Then I don't know about the next number. Fred Ryan wants space for an article on economics. Fred Ryan. Two pieces of silver he lent me. Tied you over economics. For a guinea, Stephen said, you can publish this interview. Buck Mulligan stood up from his laughing, scribbling, laughing, and then gravely said, honeying malice, I called upon the bard Kinch at his summer residence in Upper Mecklenburg Street and found him deep in the study of the summer contra gentile in the company of two gonorrhoea ladies, Freshnelli and Rosalie, the Colkey whore. He broke away. Come, Kinch, come wandering Angus of the birds. Come, Kinch, you have eaten all we left. Ay, I will serve you your orts and offals. Stephen rose. Life is many days. This will end. We shall see you tonight, John Eglinton said. Notre ami more says Malachi Mulligan must be there. Buck Mulligan flaunted his slip and Panama. Monsieur Moore, he said, lecturer on French letters to the youth of Ireland. I'll be there. Come, Kinch, the bards must drink. Can you walk straight? Laughing he. Swill till eleven, Irish night's entertainment. Lubber. 
Stephen followed a lover. One day in the National Library, we had a discussion. Shakes. After his love back, I followed. I gal his keeb. Stephen, greeting, then all a mort. Followed a lover, jester, a well-kempt head, new barbered, out of the vaulted cell into a shattering daylight of no thoughts. What have I learned of them, of me? Walk like Haynes now. The constant reader's room. In the reader's book, Cashel Boyle O'Connor, Fitzmaurice, Hisdell Farrell, Perhaps his syllables. Item. Was Hamlet mad? The Quakers paint God Lily with a priestine in book talk. Oh, please do, sir. I shall be most pleased. Amused, Buck Mulligan mused in pleasant murmur with himself, self-nodding. A pleased bottom. The turnstile is that blue-ribboned hat, idly writing, what looked the curving balustrade, smooth-smiling Minkius, Puck Mulligan, Panama helmeted, went step by step, a yambing, trolling, John Eglinton, me Joe, John, why won't you wed a wife? He sputtered to the air. We went over to their play box, Haynes and I, the plumber's hall. Our players are creating a new art for Europe, like the Greeks, or Monsieur Matterlink, Abbey Theatre. I smell the public sweat of monks. He spat blank. Forgot. Any more than he forgot the whipping lousy Lucy gave him. And left the femme de trente ans. And why no other children born? And his first child a girl? Afterwit. Go back. The dour recluse still there. He has his cake. And the douce youngling, minion of pleasure, Vito's toyable fair hair. Eh, I just, eh, wanted, I forgot, he, Longworth and McCurdy Atkinson, went there. Puck Mulligan footed, feetly, trilling. I hardly hear the purlieu cry, or a Tommy talk, as I pass one by, before my thoughts begin to run on Father McCurdy's Atkinson. The same that had the wooden leg, and that filibustering filibag, that never dared to slake his drag. Maggie that had the chinless mag. Being a fate to marry on earth, they masturbated for all they were worth. Jest on. Know thyself. Halted below me, a quizzer looks at me. I halt. Mournful mummer, Buck Mulligan moaned. Singh has left off wearing black to be like nature. Only crows, priests and English coal are black. A laugh tripped over his lips. Longworth is awfully sick, he said. After what you wrote about that old hate Gregory, oh, you inquisitional drunken Jew Jesuit, she gets you a job on the paper and then you go and slate her drivel to Jesus? Couldn't you do the Yates touch? He went on and down, mopping, chanting with waving graceful arms. The most beautiful book that has come out of our country in my time. One thinks of Homer. He stopped at the stairfoot. I've conceived a play for the mummers, he said solemnly. The pillared Moorish hall, shadows entwined, gone the nine men's Morris with caps of indices. In sweetly varying voices, Buck Mulligan read his tablet. Every man his own wife or a honeymoon in the hand, a national immorality in three orgasms by Balaki Mulligan. He turned a happy patch of smirk to Stephen, saying, The disguise I fear is thin, but listen, he read Marcato. Characters. Toby Tostoff, a ruined pole. Crab, a brush ranger. 
Medical Dick and Medical Davy, two birds with one stone. Mother Grogan, a water carrier. Fresh Nellie and Rosalie, the Colkey whore. He laughed, lolling a to and fro head, walking on followed by Stephen, and mirthfully he told the shadows, souls of men. Oh, the night in the Camden Hall when the daughters of Erin had to lift their skirts to step over you as you lay in your mulberry-coloured, multicoloured, multitudinous vomit. The most innocent son of Erin, Stephen said, for whom they had ever lifted them. About to pass through the doorway, feeling one behind, he stood aside. Part. The moment is now. Where then? If Socrates leaves his house today, if Judas go forth tonight, why? That lies in space which I in time must come to, ineluctably. My will, his will that fronts me, sees between. A man passed out between them, bowing greeting. Good day again, Buck Mulligan said. The portico. Here I watch the birds for augury, Angus of the birds. They go, they come. Last night I flew, easily flew. Men wondered. Street of harlots after. A cream fruit melon he held to me. In, you will see. The wandering Jew, Buck Mulligan whispered with clown's awe. Did you see his eye? He looked upon you to lust after you. I fear thee, ancient mariner. O Kinch, thou art in peril. Get thee a breech pad. Manor of Oxford. Day. Wheelbarrow sun over Archer Bridge. A dark back went before them. Step of a pard, down, out by the gateway, under Porticolus barbs. They followed. Offend me still, speak on. Kind air define the coins of houses in Kildare Street. No birds, frail from the house tops. Two plumes of smoke ascending, pluming, and in a flaw of softness, softly were blown. Cease to strive. Peace of the drear piece of Kimberling, hierophantic, from wide earth and altar. Lord we the gods, and let our crooked smokes climb to their nostrils, from our blessed altars. <laughs>